This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, hello. Welcome back to That Mill Podcast. First one of the week. Apologies for the absence. Join myself, Omar. We've got Mr. Dan. Hello, you're right. Hello, guys. Yeah. Um, shame about Saturday. We'll discuss that and we'll try and look forward to Sunday. But I don't think my negative Dan nickname is quite going away just yet. <laughs> mate, pessimistic. Glass half full. We would have took a loss at Middlesbrough and a win on Saturday. So we just don't do our way around, mate. Why not? I mean, I'd, I'd like to see a few more away wins personally. I don't mind that. But then I also want value for money out my season ticket. So. <laughs> Well, as Dan said there, um, on today's show, we're going to talk a bit about Saturday's game just gone. We're recording this on Thursday night. You're listening Friday morning. We're over that on Saturday's defeat. We've had a shit week because of it. Life gets in the way, but we all get worse. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about Saturday's game just gone. Talk a bit about transfer news, a couple of departures from the den and one loan actually departure as well. And also talk about Sunday's game. So let's get straight into it, Dan. Um, we lost 1-0, 94th minute goal. Against Bristol City, mate. I mean, just overall feel and feeling after that game, mate. And I mean, it's, I say it's gone. I still forget about it after Saturday's defeat, mate. But I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I was just disappointed, really, to be at home and, you know, the, the feared place that the den is for us to have our first shot on target from a free kick in the 91st minute, which forces their keeper into a save, just isn't good enough. And I think if we were playing a team that was had a bit more attacking prowess than Bristol City, I think could have been a lot more heavier of a defeat um it's a shame because obviously you know it was a um a brilliant pre-match with the Berylson family and the video um and you know I just felt like it was it just went really flat after that um it's just a bit disappointing really on the whole yeah I agree with you I mean we'll talk obviously talk about pre-match first as well there I mean you touched on the Berylson thing I think the atmosphere pre-game was just, it felt great. Like obviously, pre-game outside, I think from about 12 o'clock onwards, the den was busy and rocking, all the bars were open. It was a nice kind of first home game of the season feel, weren't it, mate? And it kind of, I felt like we was going to do it for John Saturday. That was my gut feeling. I thought, you know, if there's any incentive the players need, it's to go and do it for your late chairman, isn't it? And, you know, we saw all the posts and obviously the creative program we all probably picked up and stuff. And it just felt like, especially when that video was on, the den kind of felt eerily quiet at times. And, it just kind of was set up for the occasion and unfortunately we just didn't deliver, mate. Yeah, I, I, it does feel... I don't want to say, obviously, we've we've kind of let 
him down a little bit, but it, it does feel like that, especially given kind of the game and everything. Um, but you know, the, the atmosphere at home is, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I said, I've, I think I've said, I've said this to a few of my mates. I think I might have put it in the pod group chat. You know, we're renowned for our home atmosphere, um, but for us to get up for it, we need the players to do something, and it just feels like with these tactics we just aren't getting that much of an opportunity to get ourselves up and into the game to really make the difference that we know that then can be for us. I agree with you. I think the talking point after the game, where it felt like a month of my lot anyway, when you were at the pub drowning your sorrows, was if Harris was in charge, it's the question that's always been branded about, would we have won that game? And I'll be honest with you, I'd say the heartbeat, yes. But then the context to that is, without Rowett, would we be where we are right now? You know, there's so many things to that. But I just feel like, of the occasion, full set then, well, near set out. I think North Stand was almost packed out as well. I think, you know, it was it was almost like made for the players to, I think Jacket, as you say, as his manager as well, and Harris, the players have got to bring the fans into the game. I know obviously the crowd's there and backing the numbers, but it's, there's that element from the players too where they've got to win the fans over early doors to get the Den Rock in. I don't know if you agree, mate. Yeah, that's, that's it. Is it. The earlier you can bring your your home fans into the game then you know that's all it at times it can be a 12th man and with there being so many of us in the ground um on Saturday it certainly would have felt like a 12th man to the players um would we have won if Harris was the manager that day on an isolated event I feel like we might have done yeah just because he he knows you know Gary out he's done a good job for us I'm not going to sit here and say he's done a crap job um, and you know there may be conversations to have later in the season about as he ran out of road but we're not going to get into that tonight otherwise we'll probably end up spending our whole show on that um, but you know Harris was Millwall he knew how to bring the crowd into into play um, they just can't obviously I think it's quite a textbook thing to say but he got us and I think like he would have done would have been able to get the boys up for that game maybe a bit better than Gary Rout would have I mean, uh, we'll do this a bit off the cuff anyway tonight's show, but like, not to throw you under the bus in the losses question, but is that, you say Harris got us, does that mean Rat doesn't get us? Like, I mean, we hold this, we hold debate about five at the back and this, there's a whole tangent we can go down here with this and I'm kind of over Saturday. I'm not, but I am because it's the end of the week now. I'm starting to get excited for Sunday's game, but is there an element of Rowett, you know, quite stubborn in his way? I think he, I saw an article this morning where he defended his tactics and saying, look, you know, this is how I'm going to play. This is, you know, that's the kind of general gist I've got from that, but does Rout not understand what, like, you know, especially when it's set out then to get the Mill fans on side? Is that not an element for him, I suppose? I think he tried, to, I think he got it a bit more last season, but he's being so stubborn with his five at the back. And I think if it, it's either going to cost us our season or it's going to cost him his job if he doesn't become a bit more flexible with it, because Sunday's game wasn't very fun to watch. Uh, Saturday's game, sorry, wasn't very fun to watch. I can get going away to a team like Middlesbrough and playing five at the back I can get going to the bigger teams away and go and play five at the back I don't think it's realistic for us to be able to play four at the back one week and then five at the back the next week but for the bigger games away from home especially I can understand the benefits of going to a five um, but you know I, I just struggle to you know really get excited you know Nisbet he must be very frustrated up there and you know felt like Fleming didn't really affect the game again on Saturday but that's because in, in my opinion you know he might look a yard off it but he's also being forced to come out wide which isn't his best position his best position is in them pockets of space just behind the striker I don't know if what you think I mean you said obviously if it was a better side on Saturday we probably would have been punished a bit more but 
it felt like a nil-nil game. I, d- I don't know if you disagree with me, but Bristol City didn't have a lot on offer. They took their chance right to death. I think they probably had shaded the better chances. I think that was their first shot on goal on Saturday when they scored. And obviously you mentioned the night first minute. It was a drab game, wasn't it, mate? I mean, is there an element of us overreacting? I mean, it's a big, it's classic Mill, isn't it? That it's there, you know, to kind of kickstart the season at home and we've, we kind of blundered the first hurdle, I suppose. But that's not unusual for us, is it? No, but I feel like there was more pressure, maybe a bit more pressure on us coming off the back of the Reading game as well. Yeah, it was obviously really poor. Um, from my perspective, I just struggled to get excited when we went forwards and mm-hmm. you know with our with Murray Wallace and you know I, I didn't think Cooper had a great game on Saturday um don't think Danny Mack had a great game um especially you know going forward but you know you look at our defenders I could just kind of felt a bit uneasy there was a few times where I feel like Sarkic needed to be a bit more dominant in terms of kind of sweeping as well I just kind of felt a little bit on edge whenever they got the ball forwards and it, it the goal kind of came it came from a long throw just us failing to kind of clear our lines and you know fair play to the lad it was a great finish but how often do we kind of concede goals from restarts especially for a team that's so good attacking them at the other end we're quite bad actually stopping them from going in our own net yeah I mean not to make this like a I've personally don't want to get too carried away with it. It's disappointing, but we've got a perfect opportunity to put it right in the next game, as they always say in football, right? But uh, not to blast the players too much, but we mentioned obviously Harris and Rowett, the comparison there, if Harris is in charge. Is there also like a lack of characters in that side? I mean, these are, this is just stuff that I'm thinking about post-game that we talk about afterwards. We're in Harry's bar and we go out afterwards, have a few drinks. There isn't that kind of... If that was a Steve Morrison on that side, or you know, it's cliched answers for me and I appreciate that, but there is no real kind of... I'm the I'm going to lead this team kind of elements I think to the side and I think that's something we're missing big time. Yeah, I mean obviously you've got Hutch who's your leader at the back, um, but you know you've over the last kind of few years we've had them players more up the top end of the pitch. You know we had Jed who did it for quite a while, Morrison, Gregory who sometimes when we're not playing well will kind of pick the team up by the scruff of its neck. Um, last season I think that kind of bounced in between Fleming and Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we seem to be struggling to kind of do that this year. So be interesting to see, you know, we've had a couple of departures, which we'll touch on shortly. Be interesting to see. Rowett seems to be very keen to bring another attacker in. I don't know whether that's going to be someone who's a bit more central based, whether that's someone who could maybe go out on the wing. I kind of, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to getting a target man in. It's a different option. But I also wouldn't mind if it was a winger and maybe gave us the option to go for a four-two-three-one. But that's if Rowett wants to change his tactics and admit he's wrong. <laughs> is he wrong though? Or I mean, I agree with you. I don't like five back at home either. But is he wrong? I don't know. Is that wrong? I don't, what do you think? But five at the back. It, it can if your wing backs play high. And I think if you look at the Sheffield United kind of blueprint, the way they did it, they they'd throw a centre half forward. I think there are times when Gary Rowett came into Millwall, particularly in that first year where he bought the five in. You would typically have Cooper maybe making a run forward or Hutchinson. It just kind of feels like they're too scared to do it now or mm-hmm. whether, whether that's been drilled out of them not to go forward or whether they feel too scared upon leaving their other teammates at the back to go forwards. I don't I don't know, but I, I'm struggling to get excited by a five, especially at home. <laughs> I agree with you. And I think that's, that's also back to that whole conundrum of if someone else is in charge, if Harris was in charge or... You know, I think if if the, you got to get that, that bring that crowd into the element and the players rise to the occasion. Some people say the crowd should bring the players into the occasion. It's a bit of both, but 
eighty percent of it for me falls on the on the players to bring the the fans into the game. So, um, you you mentioned Fleming earlier, mate. He got subbed for the second league game in a row, mate. I mean, what did you make of him on Saturday? Yeah, I, I thought he didn't have a great game. Maybe he looks a yard off it because of the uh, because of the transfer saga over the summer. Um, and I also think playing him out wide, I think he's wasted out there. Someone who's, you know, can play. He got a lot of goals from his late runs into the box, picking up that then pockets of space on the edge of the area as well. And someone, someone with his physicality as well, wasting him on the wing, it, ju- it just feels ut- utterly pointless. And you aren't going to get another 15 goals out of him if you're asking him to play on the right or on the left constantly all game. If you say to him at times, you know, you're going to play behind the striker, at times feel free to drift out wide, that would suit him a lot better. But to have him constantly out there just feels completely wasted. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think it's a weird one because obviously this transfer rumour loomed over his head. It feels like Burnley have moved on to other targets, but who knows what you believe on that one and what to really think of it. I mean, if Burnley probably lose the next couple of games, maybe they might come back in for him or maybe they'll look completely elsewhere. It's... It's one of those ones, isn't it, mate? I mean, what's your gut feeling on that? Do you think he leaves us this window overall? I mean, has your opinion changed much, or what do you think? I, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think he'll stay now. I think Burley have moved on to other targets. They seem to be still linked with quite a few names, and Fleming's name isn't one that's reappeared. <laughs> um, maybe Sheffield United might have gone in for him, but you know, because they were after Akpom, who plays in a similar kind of role to yeah. Fleming, but they don't seem to be interested. Um, so there's nothing. In that, but if you actually look back at the start of last season before Rowett changed to um, a five, uh, a four when he was playing a five, Fleming was playing out wide, and you know you could see the the kind of potential that he had, but he was being wasted out wide. Now, obviously, they identified Fleming and Rowett now plays Rowett's. They identified Fleming as a ten, and Rowett it feels like favors this system, which doesn't. Like want to have a number ten in. He he'd want he rather wants to play with one up front and two flanking. Obviously, that kind of changed a little bit when Bradders came on um, in the second half, but didn't really make much of a difference. <laughs> it just felt sour Saturday. How many times have been in the middle and like high hopes and go to the den and you know it's a chance to get you know the same seventeen thousand there the week after next and have them at Stoke. Typically, that it never happens and. I, can't uh, that's me I don't want to get too carried away with it and dead and bury us too much but it's just lackluster I mean that team when you look at him mate you know the midfield of Watmore Denor Mitchell you know having Fleming in there you think energy you think kind of you know non-stop running it just felt flat didn't it and I think that's something we have to put right on Sunday where probably ironically with Norwich having more of the ball because obviously we tend to do better about the ball but I mean I think Bristol had more the possession at the end on Saturday but I think hopefully there'll be gaps in space for us to capitalise on that. But obviously we'll talk about them all in a bit, won't we? Yeah, I mean, Casper was probably uh, the middle player I thought had the best game. Him and Brian were probably our best two players, I thought, mm. on Saturday. Um, but yeah, it, it did feel <laughs> flat. So it, 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 just, it was flat. It, it was disappointing. Um, but, you know, Norwich will probably have more of the ball. Might be a bit more like Middlesbrough. And then maybe chucking or if... SA and Amaku don't start if they are both on the bench again. Maybe chucking them on later in the game might work. But it's quite funny because one week a lot of our fans are singing Gary Routes' phrases for bringing them to on at Middlesbrough, saying, you know, he's learned this isn't the type of change he usually makes. He's done it and he's won us the game. And now the next week everyone's a bit kind of pissed off because we're playing five at the back at home against 
I don't think I'm, I'm in this might come back to bite me on the arse but against the kind of mid-table team at home who'd, who'd be a football fan mate I'll tell you that <laughs> and who'd be a football manager too I'll tell you that much too I mean look I think we've, we've talked to death about that game we want to we can talk about the ins and outs of it but we lost we kind of Thursday night like I said on Thursday night it's time to dust it off and just forget about it mate because we've got some transfer news from this week and two departures on permanent basis and one loan departure as well mate so First one being George Long, and he's departed the club. He's gonna maybe play as a Sunday, probably won't. But he's play. He's now playing for Norwich City, mate. After a two-year deal, succeeded there, and apparently got a free transfer. Goodbye, George Long. What do you think about that one? I just think his relationship with the fans was too far gone. Um, maybe overly scapegoated. Maybe not overly scapegoated. I don't know. It's it's quite clear that he wasn't the goalkeeper for us. If we did have aspirations of getting into the playoffs again um, this season so you know I can't say I'm too disheartened about it and for him you know he's get probably well, I say probably almost certainly probably getting paid more money to go and sit on Norwich's bench than he would to sit on our bench mm-hmm. so from his perspective he probably thinks you know why would I not go for the money I might as well go for the money and then come back and you know maybe if an injury pops up there he gets he gets a little run in the team um, but I think he just kind of ran out of road here um, you could probably use the exact same answer for Tyler Bury, couldn't you, I suppose, because he's the party to Denmark, mate. <laughs> Massively with Tyler Bury. I think it's very telling as well. I, I, it's only a small thing, but neither of them have posted goodbye messages on their social medias. I've done a tweet about that just before we started recording today. Exactly it, might have been, it might have been your tweet, to be fair, that I saw that made me say it, but uh, yeah. neither of them have done a, a goodbye post. I think that's kind of very telling. Uh, I think with that one, like, it is telling, but I think it highlights their their character or like in what you need to succeed at Millwall. Like that's the, the underlying tone for me. You could be a talented player, but and we all you know can be come back to bite us on the arse and be a world beater. I'm probably not going to be the next Eze, but you never know. Look at Fred on your demo, for example, at Luton. Okay, he's now gone on to Rotherham, but players do come back and kind of succeed at other clubs where it is a bit nicer on the fan base, I suppose. But I think with that, mate, it's like. Everyone says, oh, no post, and what, who blames him after getting slated? But even Jeb Wallace used to get slated after games, and Steve Morrison would get slated after games. And they still speak highly of the club because they're completely different characters to these two, aren't they? And I think, yeah, you know, club legends get stick. Think of Keith Stevens where he's the manager, and Rhino getting spit spat for Brentford after his last game as manager before he got sacked. It, it's, it's, you hear these stories, they're horrifying to hear sometimes, but that's Millwall, isn't it? And that's never going to change, it feels like, at least not in, in our time, hopefully. So I don't want it to change, to be honest. I want to be able to give players a stick. But you need to be a character to rise to it. And that's what I'm trying to make here. Like, okay, no thank you post. It shows more about them, if anything. And, okay, who can blame them? But take it on the chin. Say thank you for my time. Get on with it, in my opinion. But, yeah, I mean, it's a hard club to see that, mate. But if you get it right, you're going to be here forever, it feels like. Yeah, I feel like the situations with Tyler Bury and George Long were a little bit different. I think Rowett made it very clear from kind of the end of last season, start of pre-season, that Tyler Bury wasn't going to be in his plans moving forwards. Um, and, you know, there is the case that maybe Bury shouldn't have been playing towards the tail end of last season if Rowett knew that he was going to be on his way this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, with Long, I think he probably would have stayed if we didn't bring in Sarkic. And I don't know whether the club's plan was to bring in Sarkic or bring in a goalkeeper. Um and then obviously Sarkic, it was obviously the Travers Link and a few others, but Sarkic mm. came in and, you know, kind of the first time Long's kind of had really any 
kind of serious competition because once he was in the team last season, he was in. And the first time he's had some serious competition, he's he's gone. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting that he he seems very keen. You know, from judging from what Rowett said, that he wants to be a number one, and he's gone somewhere where he's it's maybe a very slight step up, but he's he's going to be a number two there regardless. And all their fans are saying it's it's a it's a half decent number two option. It's, I'd love to see him play on Sunday though. Imagine like the number one gets injured in training on Saturday morning. You know, he, you know, he'd well, you know, he'd have a well-beating game though, don't you? Like, of course, of course. But like, I've got this image in my head: we lose one nil, he'd save a penalty. You know, we'd have about seven clear-cut opportunities scored. He saves all of them. But I just got this image in my head of him starting Sunday. I, I can't get it out of my head. It's probably not going to happen. It won't happen. But see, strange things happen, mate. And. It would be fucking funny as fuck, wouldn't it, mate? That's that's ultimately what I think. Mate. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would laugh, but yeah. you know, <laughs> and in a way, part of me because I know what George Long's like, I'd be like, I do want him to stop. I just know he'd have an absolute yeah. game. I agree, and I think look, I think in both these in the, both these cases, back to the character's point, like I think they just, I wouldn't say melted, but like they just they succumbed to the to the middle then, and like I don't want to make that sound cliche, but that's the facts. You know, they they had their opportunities. They could have come back from it. They hadn't. In Long's case, it feels like he kicked up a fuss. That's what the River Mill says. Who knows? But obviously, he wasn't on the bench for either of the, the two games just gone. And he wasn't even involved on the bench for Tuesday night either, just gone against Reading. So it feels like it's a sour ending there in both cases. In Bury's case, mate, I mean, I used to think great to have him off the bench because of the pace. But now you've got SA and Amaku. Maybe he's just a victim of that, isn't he? Where like SA's come through it in the last season. Amaku's proven to be a bit of a success anyway at the minute and coming off the bench showing his pace. I guess there's no space for a Bure anymore. Yeah, maybe if the club are in the market for another attacker as well. Who yeah, is true. Someone who could maybe kind of play maybe as a 10 if needed, maybe up top. So maybe that kind of gives a little bit away. Maybe the profile of the player they might be looking to sign. But yeah, you know, even if he was still here come September the 1st and Rowett said, I'm... Oh, you know, he's still here. We'll have a chat, see where his head's at. He might come back in. He would find himself behind SA, behind the Maku, behind probably Vogel, Samar. You know, he'd be bottom of the pecking order for, for the attacker list, um, you know. And we actually managed to get a fee for him. Um, I don't know how much the fee is. Yes, interesting. Um, and we've got a sell-on clause, so, you know, it, it <laughs> might might be something that comes, that comes good for us in the future. But, you know, for us to actually get a transfer fee on a player is, is a start, at least. And considering also, I think, probably success to the club in that sense, he was signed on, on the 23s, wasn't he? Three or four years yeah. ago, the Harris, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, with like with that, I mean, even George Long, I think he was he signed a deal towards the end of last season. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All the goalkeeping department did. Um, we all know that as well, document. They all signed at the same time. But um, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? Like, we all have done well here. Or has George Long got an amazing agent to get him this move to Norwich? Because we've just managed to, I imagine, lose a considerable earner because he signed as number one. But it also highlights how quickly he deteriorated at the end of last season. And maybe Blackburn was the, the final straw for him. Yeah, I think the Blackburn game kind of was. He was, you know, I, I tried to defend him for as long as I could, but I think I kind of turned on him after the Wigan game. And I think he mm-hmm. knew after that, really, you know, especially after Blackburn, there were, he was going to struggle to find his way back here among the fans. You know, I think Raul was willing to give him that chance until the opportunity to sign uh, Sarkic, someone Andy Marshall knew very well. So you can imagine um, that him and Raul had that conversation and he wanted to bring Sarkic back to work with him. So, yeah, I feel like both both of them ran out of road, but both of them are kind of in slightly different circumstances. Um, so, you know, it's, and it's good to get him off the wages. You know, as you said, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine Long was... can't imagine he was up there one of the higher earners, but probably somewhere in kind of the middle terms of earners. So I feel like that's probably a good bit of business to get his wages off the book. I completely agree. I think also then hopefully it helps us to strengthen with the targets we're trying to identify and go for. No names at the minute have come out, have they? I mean, unless I mean, I've I not saw been... a, I saw a link to um, Fulham striker Jay Stansfield earlier. Don't Ooh. know if there is any kind of credibility behind that, but no, the club want to add an attacker. He, he was on loan at Exeter last season, so presumably, yeah, presumably Fulham are looking for him to maybe make the next step up. But it'd be interesting. I, I feel like you know I've watched him a little bit. He isn't a bad little player, um, mm. but I don't know if he'd really add anything to our squad that Bradshaw and Nisbet and others in that squad don't already have it begs the question because I wanted to ask this about um, the, the game just gone Bristol City but because obviously you look at our bench it's like okay we're letting defenders go we'll talk to Mitchell in a second but we've got forwards we've got options and it's like it's almost like can you get them all into the same team almost maybe Rad doesn't know what his best 11 is in that sense especially going forward mate because you think about it Vogue Osama okay he's still bodies here Amaku SA Bradshaw you know there's options there isn't there and maybe it's a sense of does Rao even know what his best eleven is? And maybe are we going to see a change? We'll go two up top, maybe and surprise us all. I don't. I don't think he does. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's quite clear. Hence why, even towards the latter stage of preseason, he was still not really fielding his strongest eleven mm-hmm. and still making you know kind of seven eight subs at a time. It's yep. you know a little bit concerning so late on into preseason, but I, I still think he doesn't. Um, no, I feel like once he gets these formations sorted, the players will gradually begin to pit themselves and grow into their roles. But I don't fear this five at the back suits the players that we've got. Um, I do feel like we're probably one winger off having a very good four-two-three-one setup with the players we have at the club, maybe yeah. a centre half as well. I do see. I do think I can see a world of us going back to it, but we'll save that for another day. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but Tara George Long, Tara to the Tyler Bury. I guess all the best and just if George Long if you play Sunday have the worst game possible please like we used to say you have <laughs> um, which I mentioned Alex Mitchell very briefly there mate he signed a new contract today the club announced the contract and then in the same line said in the same breath he's going to Lincoln City on loan to step up League One football for him um, how do you think about that one I mean it's, it's a bit of an interesting one considering we play five, uh, three at the back and feels like we've only got Wes Harder left and Leonard who could play there um, interesting buttons. <laughs> George Evans I think Evans surely has to move on this window but we'll have to see but 
Alex Mitchell's gone to League One, a step up in his development, I guess you could say, mate, and it'll be interesting how it unfolds for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with him going out on loan. I feel like even with having three centre-halves, I feel like Raup still would have picked Harding and Leonard over him, so I don't think it's a bad thing for him to get out um, and hopefully play some regular football. Lincoln are a team that can play it around a little bit, so, you know, whenever I've, I've saw him a little bit in pre-season, he didn't look the most comfortable on the ball, so maybe him going there would will help that kind of side of his game a little bit but it's a step up in quality um so i think i think he'll do well there um sounds like a season loan with the uh option to break the deal in january if he does start doing really well there mm-hmm. um so you know i'll be there's another team i need to start looking out for now obviously we've got we think he's the fourth player to go out on loan this summer now um don't think we've ever really known us to loan out so many players in in one window usually we loan out a few youngsters during the season to the non-league clubs but we've got mm-hmm. four out already I know Chinicoli's getting good rapport from Bromley already. I mean, he's started all their league games. Um, mm-hmm. But it's been interesting. Like I said, I've also had the standard of the loans that are impressing me. Because League One, and obviously Joe Wright's gone to Salford. There's, there's players featuring in the football league as well, which is great to see. And obviously it highlights what the 23s have done. And obviously winning the regional stuff last year. But I think with Mitchell, I guess it's quite telling he's not involved. I'm happy he's gone out alone. I agree with you. If he's not going to play, get him out. But I guess it highlights Rarick's not a massive fan of his because... You look at Matt Lamar, for example, when he was on loan. I think what was it? Who was he at League Two? St Johnston. St Johnston. He was at Newport. They yeah, St. Newport. yeah, that was it. So then he came back from St Johnston, like Alex Mitchell did, and was straight in the sides. And yeah, obviously Marlon Romeo was a bit flattering to the scene at the time, and fair enough for that reason. But I guess maybe it highlights two things. Maybe one, he's not sure about him, but also he he values Cooper, Hutchinson, and Wallace as higher, and also Leonard, like you say, and Wes Harding. So. There's competition there, but it still feels a bit light there, mate. And it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I feel like we have to recruit someone else to go out of the back line because we lost Charlie Creswell last year. And that's, for me, like the elephant in the room here where we've not replaced that top talent championship defender yet. Yeah, we do. If he wants to persist with a five, we desperately need a centre-back. And I'd say even if we go to a four, still could probably do with a centre-half as well. Um, obviously yeah the elephant in the room is Charlie Cresswell and the other kind of elephant I feel like in the room at the minute is Jake Cooper as well mm. um, been a few more links the Rangers link seems to have resurfaced also Leeds and West Brom have kind of came their names have kind of came into fold a little bit um, there was the article earlier saying um, you know we'd love him to sign a contract extension um, but I looked back and you know the previous um, South London Press article said we opened contract talks with him in April I think I'd fall that to be honest wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. So just questions, you know, how how far down the line are we with them contract talks? And you know, what if we get to you know, let I don't I don't think he'll go before the end of this window, but let's say we get to um September, October and he isn't gonna go. You know, if if Rangers are still interested, they can actually approach him on a pre contract in January and we lose him for nothing, or if we want to try and get some money for him, then we might get a million with six months of his contract left if we're if we're lucky. Mm. So oh. maybe if 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 you're that opinion, do you kind of give him a deadline? Maybe if you're Millwall, say, look, sign a contract or not? Because let's think about Jed Wallace. You know, he obviously went to West Brom, who Cooper's linked with. I know for a fact Wallace would be bigging up Cooper up there if he if he had any say. He's their captain. I'm not saying he yeah. involved the transfers, but I know Wallace always speaks very highly of um, Jake Cooper. I remember doing something for not top twenty podcast saying he's one of the best defenders he's ever played with. But I think if you if he's not signed that contract. Do you say goodbye? Like, I mean, it feels like he's been never present in that back line. But then if you can get, say, three million for him, maybe that's pushing it. But I don't know, maybe two to three million pounds for him. 
risk it and try and bring in someone else from an obscure nation somewhere in the Europe and roll the dice maybe mate I feel like there is that sort of value there I feel like yeah well we, I think we need clarity over this we can't keep going like we did with Jed we don't want to make a habit of losing our best players on a free transfer mm-hmm. um, and you know Cooper's Cooper's 20 is he 28 29 now um, I don't know if he's still good mates with Jed if he has he might have seen Jed go up to West Brom and probably get a decent payday Maybe he's eyeing that up. I don't know. Maybe he's thinking about maybe going to Rangers if they are interested and maybe having a go in Europe. I know, obviously, the league quality leaves a lot to be desired. But, you know, age of 29, after only playing its second and third tier football most of your career, and then all of a sudden you get the chance to play in Europe. Mm. And that's, you know, something that you might find quite hard to turn down. Definitely. I think Scottish Premier League maybe is a direct comparison to us, in a sense, Millwall, in my opinion, because it's a good league competitive but obviously you've always got the two teams running away at the top but I feel like Cooper's very appreciated of Millwall because Millwall's that sort of club that doesn't play the pretty early eye football but if you saw him at any other championship side maybe aside from the likes of Rotherham and maybe I don't know maybe someone like someone else, one of the teams that should promote from the championship like Sheffield Wednesday I think he'd struggle I don't know what you think but I think he'd struggle in a side that likes to get a lot of the ball we've seen him for yeah. the past four hours and I think, I think, that's I think his value is here yeah, that's his biggest flaw, really. Is I think if he could move the ball around a bit better, then we probably would have lost him a few years ago because, I mean, he ticks a lot of boxes. He's English, he's tall, he's pretty strong. For someone his size, he's actually not the slowest. I know, obviously, he's not the quickest, but could be a lot slower. Um, left-footed as well, which counts quite a lot of... <laughs> probably a bit more if he was right. And if I think if he had that ability to move the ball, and I think probably would have gone a few years ago, to be honest. Um but we we need clarity. We can't keep going on with the threat of losing our best players on free transfers um, every few years. And then, you know, if, if he does go on a free transfer at the end of the season, we'll, we'll, we'll need to almost rebuild our entire defence because Hutch will be another year older, probably another few injuries. Um, Murray will be another year older and his performances haven't filled me with promise started this season or end of last. Um, and that, then that's where we are with the defence all of a sudden. Yeah, no, I agree with you, mate. And then it's like, what do you do? But like I said, I would personally, if he's not signed the contract, it's difficult to say because obviously how good he's been for us for so many years now. But I think personally, take the cash and run. That's my opinion. Um, let's move on to Saturday, Sunday. I keep saying Saturday, but we're playing 12 o'clock on Sunday. We're on the party train, ain't we, mate? Eight-ish out of Stratford and Liverpool yeah, Street. Eight, 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 ten, Liverpool Street, eight, seven in Stratford. Yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be my first time going to Norwich. Um, yep. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I know... It isn't traditionally a happy hunting ground for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but Middlesbrough wasn't really either. So, you know, I might, I might try and approach this section with a bit more optimism than I've approached um, some other bits recently. So, you know, I'd be interested to see what team he puts out. Um, there's Obviously, there was a few rumours that Nisbet might have done something in training. Um, that maybe sounds like a bit later on it was more cautionary was removed um, from the open training session. So, yeah. be interested. But I don't think he can name the same team again after that kind of quite lethargic performance yeah I mean you touched on the record I mean I've got some stats here I'm not proclaiming these are mine but if you go onto Google and you click on the fixture and you go to timeline and you get insights pretty much stats Millwall failed to win any of their last 19 away league games against Norwich drawn 7 lost 12 their longest ever run away from home against a specific side in the football league perfect for Sunday morning track that mate yeah I was about to say I don't feel much confidence all of a sudden (laughs) does it since those are 4 0 to Millwall in August 2017, Norwich unbeaten in their last seven league encounters of Millwall, winning five and drawing two. 
<laughs> yeah, ruined my 21st birthday as well last season because of that game. So, yeah, you touched on that game. Millwall, one of two sides, Norwich's Josh Sargent hasn't scored more than one goal against in a, in a single league game. So, obviously, he scored uh, twice, didn't he? Um, yeah, against last season. And then a brace in August. Millwall have lost five of their last eight championship games, if you carry into last season, mate. Only winning three of them. <laughs> that's, a, that's an alarming run. Which is also as many draws in their either, which is very unlike us. I know. It's as many as in their previous 23 games, which was nine wins, nine draws, and three defeats. Or five defeats, sorry. And then um, finally, the last one on here, all four of Norwich's points so far this season have come from losing positions. Obviously, they were down uh, against Southampton at one point, and they were also down against uh, Hull at one point. So, break it out you will. Don't start winning, otherwise we get lured into a full sense of security again. Yeah, flashbacks of that game where we was was it three two? We lost four three in the last yeah, two minutes. Yeah, oh mate, <laughs> it's never a good hiding ground. But I'm looking forward to Sunday. I actually quite like it to be on a Sunday for once. It, it ruins it in the sense that you can't go too over the top when you get back to London late in the evening. But it's a Sunday fun day, mate. We're traveling to Norwich. Just make sure we come up with our fingers intact and everything will be all right, mate. <laughs> but it should be a good encounter, I think. In a weird way, it is a bit like Middlesbrough. And Norwich are still transitioning with Weber. And it's, it's an interesting side they've got nowadays. Some weird characters in that side. That Quite mixed, really... isn't it? Yeah, you wouldn't associate Ashley Barnes signing for Norwich, would you? No, no. It's, it's, a, it's a right mix. They've got some you know, decent youth players. They've got a little bit of South American talent. And then, as you said, with players like Ashley Barnes, you've got your championship stalwarts in there as well. Yeah. Um, I think the player to watch from is Jonathan Rowe. I think he scored in all their first three games so far. Uh, yeah, and I will be. I'm slightly. Uh, I can't think. I'm slightly not that optimistic about the fact they put four past Southampton last weekend. That doesn't fill me with a huge amount of confidence, to be honest. But they did concede four, so there is scope there for us to create maybe a few chances. You're right. Like they're like, they last eleven. So again, against Southampton, Angus gunning goal. Okay, not a bad keeper to be fair. Gianna Lewis, which is their left back. Jack Stacey, who used to play for Rotherham, uh, for Bournemouth at right back. And then you've got Shane Duffy and Ben Gibson centre halves. I'm seeing pace. I'm seeing SA. Yeah, there isn't, there isn't much pace there, is I'm there? seeing us having a chance on the break here, personally. And then you've got Onel Hernandez, who's an unbelievable midfielder. I think he's a top player. Kenny yeah. McLean, midfield, decent. And Bro, like you mentioned. And then they've got this Sarah and then Barnes and Sargent up front. It's, they can mix it up, I think, with this side. So they will cause us trouble, but personally see that opportunity for us on the counter-attack you know to kind of make a difference I want to shout out as well their bench one player in particular Kellen Fisher do you know that name at all Dad? yeah from Bromley isn't he yeah they signed him um, to be part of their development squad and he has such a good pre-season that he's making up the first team squad now so I'd love to see him get some minutes saw him play a few times for Bromley last season unbelievable footballer I think he won their player of the year he only started the season after the first five games then held down the right back position himself all season so yeah I mean that's also a player I'd like to see us go after, to be honest, especially as right back's a bit of a questionable position for some at the minute. But, and it's the youth player right on our doorstep as well. Correct. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Tim Krull's gone to Luton and he's been replaced by George Long. I'd love to see Long start on Sunday. I, I, I really want to see him start. But yeah, I mean, look, we talked about, obviously, what is our best 11, mate? So I guess the old cliche question, what would be your 11 for Sunday, mate? I mean put you on the spot a bit but have you got a start 11 in mind that you'd like to see us go for I guess a formation change <laughs> we'll go realistic it'll be five at the back but... yeah I was about to say <laughs> may, maybe it might be one of them games where you know maybe if they're playing two up top 
and with a winger like Onel Hernandez and who, who played on the right was it is it that Sara or is that Sara right? yeah maybe you might be better off maybe going for a five in this game but if we are going for a five I would at least like to see us go with two up top rather than having one up top and two flanking so Sarkic in goal I would almost be tempted to chuck I would I must really struggles just for starting Danny McNamara you know what Leonard at right wing back um Hutchinson um no sorry Wes Harding right centre back Hutchinson middle centre back Cooper left centre back Mm -hmm. Brian left I wouldn't touch Casper and Billy um I think they've been pretty decent so far I'll stick with Fleming in the 10 but you know he, he does need to kind of prove a point. And I w- I'd go probably for Nisbet and Bradshaw from the off. Um, mate, you know, Watmore didn't have a great game. Kind of drifts in and out a little bit. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd probably leave the youth player, leave um, SA and Amaku on the bench for a little bit, maybe an injection of pace a bit later in the game. I like that team. Um, Nigel Savile, though, I know you've said Denor and Mitchell. I think Denor is top, but... I feel a bit harsh on George Savile. I, I love George Savile, man. I do feel a bit harsh on George Savile, but I feel like Casper's been brought in as a someone who can rival him, and Casper's started off very well. Yeah, um, you know, but you know, when I said about characters, I think George Savile is a character, like in every you, sense of that word. But, but where do you fit? Could you know this? Is this a mental thing to say? Could he play centre off? <laughs> Or left or left wing back. <laughs> well, Joe Bryan's well, well, Bryan's Bryan's doing all right, but you know. Could he could he play centre back if we if if you want to play free and have someone who can maybe bring the ball out of the fence a little bit then then I think possibly there's not an argument to say I mean I wouldn't drop Fleming because he's got that moment of magic in him but I could see a world where he goes five three two has Denor Mitchell and Savile Leonard right centre half Danny back right wing back um and let, Joe Bryan left wing back with um Wallace no with Cooper and Hutch because then I think you've got the legs to kind of get forwards from midfield deep. A kind of on the counter attack, and then maybe go with Bradders and Nisbet, but then you leave them really isolated up top. And I acknowledge, yeah, that would be a problem. It would literally be just them two, and but he maybe, did maybe Ryan would make a bit of support. But he did flirt with five three two. I don't know if you remember the start of last the season before last. In pre season, we played Ipswich, we won three nil. George Evans played one side, Savile played the other, and Mitchell was in the middle. I think, I think I would say Mitchell. I could be wrong. And then we've done that in the QPR game as well, and it looked good. I think if you can get the ball forward and get the team slowly up the pitch, it does work. I think he does want to play that deep down. I really do. It it worked because we had... If you want to play that, you maybe have to start a Maku up top because yeah. we had someone with genuine Wallace. pace, I remember. And as well, and then if it wasn't Wallace, or sometimes it would be Wallace and Bennett up top together. Mm. Exactly. I think he played that kind of 5-3-2 a little, mainly during the... Lockdown the, stage. Yeah, the 21-22 season that no one could go to. He played that quite a lot during that season with... Yeah. Wallace and Bennett up top together. Maybe it's how he wants to play, but I think if you want to play that, you need to play with genuine pace up top. Maybe Fleming and Nisbet up front. Let's well, say Fleming, Fleming could play as a striker, but I feel like he'd, he'd want to drop deep and maybe try and get on the ball a little bit. And then, you know, that runs the risk of Nisbet being even yeah. more isolated than he was on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, for the record, I mean, I th- but I do think he does like that formation. I- and I think he will come back this season at some point. Because I-, I remember him talking about it before, and I think that's kind of how he wanted to set the team up. And then if you think about it, it does complement the likes of Leonard playing right centre-half as well, getting forward up the pitch and making them runs forward. Um, but who knows, mate? Who bloody knows? All I know is we'll go Sunday, and I'm looking forward to it. 
we'll have a good day regardless. <laughs> exactly. Win or lose, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your score prediction, mate, for Sunday's game when we head to Carroll Road? I really hope after the last two games they got a point to prove. So, and this this is probably, you know, a positive from me. I'll say 2-2. Two, two. I'll say 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> I don't know where we're going to get two goals from, but I'll say 2-2. Two, two. I think we'll have opportunities, but I also think Norwich going forward are a force. I think it's going to be like, I, I'll probably be back 2-2. Two, two. I, I was thinking 2-2. Two, two. I, I don't want to agree with you because I want to go for something different, but. I'll go 3-3. Three, three. There you go. It's on Sky, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bradshaw's exactly. time to shine, isn't it? Exactly, mate. So if it's on Sky, um, we haven't seen Bradshaw start a game yet. I, I actually feel like he might play Sunday, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I could personally think I could see loads of goals in this game and hopefully we get opportunities to take it when it comes to them. Um, but we'll have to wait and see, mate. Any um, things you want to add, mate, before I wrap up today's show? No, just looking forward to it. Um, unfortunately, this will be our last game for two weeks that isn't affected by train strikes. So that is, that is ruined my Birmingham away day. Um, and Mike yeah. threatened Stoke at home as well, which is frustrating. So I'll be sure to enjoy this one because I think my next away game after this is either going to be West Brom or Plymouth. Oh, Plymouth, mate. I'll trip down there. I can't wait for that one. Yeah. On a Tuesday night. Oh, mate, I'm doing a couple of days down there. I can't wait. <laughs> well, thanks as always, mate, for coming on. It's much appreciated. Um, and yeah, obviously, thanks for listening and tuning in, guys, if you're watching or obviously listen on your audios it's much appreciated be sure to check us out on our socials at that mill pod come on your lines let's put the wrongs right on sunday when we go up to norwich thanks for watching see you soon away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.